Welcome to the Nashville Vineyard Podcast. For more information, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Sunday. We're glad to be back here with you. If you're watching this on Sunday, uh, if not, hope you're doing well. Uh, We know that people are joining us from all over the world, and that's crazy, and we're excited, and we just want to say welcome and thank you. Offer you guys a few ways to connect uh, with us this week. We have our um, home churches that are meeting throughout uh, the Nashville region, all of Middle Tennessee. Uh, They meet different days, different times. You can find those on our website, nashvillevineyard.org. I encourage you, get into one of our home churches uh, if you don't have a church already. Um, It's full of people that are coming together and um, loving each other, loving Jesus, following him, and it's just, it's a really amazing thing. So go to the website, get in on that. Also, we have our healing rooms. We have our prayer rooms. We have all of these online options that you can do uh, to join with us uh, and to connect with us um, as well. We're continuing our series in the book of John, and we're going to dive right in to that. Uh, We're trying something a little bit different. I'm moving back from the camera. Apparently a lot of people said, hey, you're too close to the camera, so I'm trying to move away from the camera. Uh, So if this looks different, I'm trying trying to figure out this pandemic y'all we don't know what's going on but hopefully this helps a little bit uh we're in john chapter two we've been in john for a couple of weeks and uh, we're going to be in john till this time next year honestly and i mean the more i spend uh, in this book uh, i was at a couple of different home churches uh, this week and just the depth of john and what he's writing and uh, the different layers to what he has. It's just incredible. It's amazing. And so um, I'm looking forward to continuing to dive in uh, to this book and to continue to uh, to learn more about Jesus as we work to follow him. So this week we're in uh, John chapter 2 and we're talking about Jesus in the temple. So we're going to read that before we read that in chapter 2 uh, verse 13 if you want to go there. Before we read that we're going to pray and then we'll dive in. So, Father, we thank you so much for this chance to come together. Uh, We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I keep hearing stories of how you're transforming uh, your people to be more like you. You are amazing, God. We thank you, Father. Would you send your Holy Spirit? Would you you begin to fill us with your Holy Spirit even now? Would, Would you come, Holy Spirit, and give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what it is you have for us today? We thank you, Lord. We love you. It's in your name we pray this, Jesus. Amen. So remember last week we talked about Jesus uh, at the wedding, turning water into wine, all of that. If you missed that, go ahead and check that out, uh, maybe after this one. Um, We're following Jesus. A few more days go by is what John tells us. And Jesus comes to the temple. So let's pick up here, John chapter 2, verse 13. It says this, Now that the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. 
When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money. And he overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it. Then the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said to, to them, and they believe the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. So remember, when we're reading this story of Jesus, when we're, we're learning about uh, Jesus and through the Gospels, we have to remember that this is coming through a distinctly Jewish context and paradigm of the people of Israel, God's chosen people. This whole book has been talking about his people. And so as we read about this, it can be easy for us to sort of disassociate and to forget about you know, what's going on here. And so this idea of a temple could be uh, a bit foreign to you. Um, it could be something that is a bit far from your mind. And maybe you think, you know, church buildings equals temple or whatever. But the temple has a very distinct meaning uh, for the people of Israel, for, for God's people. And so if you'll recall, uh, all the way back when the children left Egypt, God began to design a place uh, for his people uh, to build, first called the tabernacle, and then later to be the temple, where Solomon builds this temple. And the temple was the place. It was a physical location here on earth where God dwelt. His presence dwelt. And the people knew this. And there was all of this protocol and all of these things that had to be done. Sometimes if you went into the temple and, and you weren't right before the Lord, bad things could happen to you. But it was the place in which God literally dwelt and rested was the temple. And the temple is actually, it's an echo of what God did in the garden. In the beginning, there was chaos, Genesis 1-1 tells us. And God begins to come into this chaos. He orders this chaos and he begins to make things in an orderly, right fashion. He sets the chaos right. And he creates this place and it, and it talks about there being a garden, uh, the Garden of Eden. And God is in the garden and he's resting in the garden. He's walking and living and being there with his people in the garden until we know that they fell. And so here we have uh, God coming to the people of Israel after they've been delivered from Egypt. And he's designing a place where he can again dwell with his people. And even in the temple, uh, they, there has uh, trees and, and all of these representations painted on the walls of the temple of the garden of God's original intent to be and dwell with man. And so God's presence rested in the temple until the people were drove from the land into exile and the temple was destroyed. The people came back and built another temple, but it wasn't the same. His presence wasn't there. It became a place of ritual and rite and rules. And some of the prophets later after the second temple was created began to pine and wonder and prophesy and pray into a place and a time where God would come and dwell again with his people. And so we have this picture of Jesus coming to the temple. Now remember the order of operations that John is telling us here. First, 
He, he is being baptized. Uh, the dove is resting upon him. The spirit is coming upon him. And he begins to move. Uh, and he, he begins to move towards the temple. We were talking this week uh, in one of our home churches. And it's just a thought. It's, it's hard to know what, what was going on. But the idea of Jesus being at the wedding and saying, you know, my time hasn't come yet. Uh, I could just imagine him thinking, I've got to get to the temple. Because this is where this thing is going to start off. It's going to start off in the temple. And, and I, I imagine Jesus going to the temple with his disciples, and he's going there on a mission. Because his job, what he's being called to do, is to be, be that temple that the prophets spoke about, of what one day there will be a new place where God's presence is dwelt on earth. And it will expand beyond the bounds and the borders of a physical temple. It will go, it will go further. It will begin to, to spread out. And so Jesus here is saying, he's coming into this temple and he's seeing the things of the temple. He's seeing all of the religion, all of the rules and regulations, all of the changing of money. This was because people would come there out of convenience and they would just buy a sacrifice to give a sacrifice instead of maybe raising their own sacrifice or or however that process would have worked for them they would come in and they would buy their sacrifice they would change the foreign money into temple money and then they would purchase things for their religious tradition and here comes jesus the son of god god resting in him on the earth, his spirit on and resting in him and on him. And he comes into this temple, this, this far cry from the original intent, far cry from, from the way that God created the earth, far cry from the original temple. There wasn't a sense of holiness. There wasn't a sense of reverence. There wasn't an idea that we have to be careful here because God is literally here with us. See, Jesus is called Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus says something that is amazing. He says to them, hey, listen, you tear this temple down and I'll raise it again in three days. And here again, Jesus isn't speaking of this temple. He's speaking of his body is what the scriptures tell us. He's, he's telling the people, you don't understand what's going on here. The whole idea of the temple was a place on earth where God could dwell amongst us. And here is Jesus walking in their very midst. God is dwelling among them, Emmanuel has come to a temple. And he, and he cleanses the temple, he runs it out, and he makes this dramatic statement about a temple, about him being the temple. Now, this is important for us, not just because we're learning lessons about Jesus and John, like Sunday school. This is important to us because of what Jesus later does and later says. The temple is, is the place, remember, where God's presence dwells on earth. This is, this is the idea. This is what God is intending. This was his whole purpose and his point was to create a place where he could be with his people. And so Jesus is saying, I am that place now. And this is important because what happens and what we know if we've been around Christianity for any time is that apparently Jesus comes and he makes his home in us. And he dwells in us, which then takes the temple from, from a place, from a building, uh, from a destination, from some sort of geographic location. It takes it to Jesus, to a man who's walking around in flesh and blood, moving about the earth. But then what it does is it expands it even further because Jesus comes to dwell within us. This is what Paul says uh, in Ephesians 3 
verses 16 through 19, he says this, that he would grant you according to his riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you may be filled all to the full with the fullness of God. We are now the temple. His spirit is living within us. And when you begin to come into alignment with this idea, when we can finally begin to grasp how incredible this is, we can begin to understand our role in this world. The temple represents God's rule and reign. It was where God rested, where he ruled, where he brought order, and, and where his presence dwelt. It was where things happened. And now to think that we are the temple. This is, this is what uh, Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 19. He says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Paul is talking to, to believers. He's saying, you don't get it. You're not comprehending the fullness of this whole thing that's happening. When Jesus came in the fullness, when he came and walked and moved about us, and then when his spirit came, enacts on Pentecost and dwelt and lived within us, we became carriers. We became the temple of God, this holy, incredible place where God's kingdom and his rule lives within us. This is what is happening here in John. Jesus is making an incredible declaration that no one is really prepared for, that the temple has been moved from a building full of bricks and gold and religious rite to a person named Jesus. And now because of his death, his resurrection, his ascension, his spirit coming and living within us through faith, Jesus living and making his home, dwelling in us, now we too become a part of this new temple, a place where God's presence, his rule and his reign dwell among us. This is, this is what First uh, Peter is talking about when he says this in First Peter chapter two, uh, verses four through five. He says, "Coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed." This is talking about Jesus, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God as precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're the living stones that are being built upon the cornerstone, Jesus, in order to form this new temple where God's presence rules and reigns here on earth. This is insane. Like, this is it. This is the biggest thing. If you can begin to grasp this, it changes everything about how we think, how we move, how we act, how we live, how we breathe. See, it's not just that we accept Jesus into our hearts, and then we go to heaven someday when we die. That's not what it's all about. It is about that, thank God, but it's about so much more. Because the temple, this idea of the temple, was so crucial to the people of Israel. 
they, they didn't really necessarily even think too hard about the afterlife. They had some things about this and some things about this, but no one was too sure. Their whole idea was God is here now, not someday, but now he's here with us. And they kept wondering, when will you begin to expand your rule and reign over the earth? When will you make this place your place like it's supposed to be? This was their question. This is why the disciples, even after Jesus uh, had risen from the grave, he was getting ready to ascend. We find this in Acts chapter 1. And they're asking him, are you now going to establish your kingdom here? The cry of God's people has always been, we look around, we understand that this is a fallen world. You don't have to be a prophet to see that. You don't have to be a genius to figure that out. This world is broken fundamentally. And we all long for someday. But the beautiful thing about the message and the gospel of Jesus is that someday is today. Someday is right now, wherever you're at. If you follow Jesus, if you through faith have, have allowed him to come and make his home in your heart, if the Holy Spirit has filled you and is resting inside of you, guess what? Someday is today. That is a huge statement. Now, the people uh, in, in the early church were trying to understand that. They were trying to figure out that because it was always about a temple. It was always about a place. And they kept thinking, like, shouldn't there be a place? Will, will you establish a place? How is this place going to look? But the place was always a placeholder for what the Lord originally intended. His intention was to fully fill the earth, not only be in a box. He talks about this to David. David is, is king and he's wanting to build the Lord a home. And the Lord says, where, where will you build a home for me? You don't get it. Uh, heaven's my throne. The earth is just my footstool. Okay? You don't understand. There's no, there's no temple. There's no box. There's nothing that can contain me. And his goal has always been to dwell amongst a people to dwell on the earth with us, to be with us. And so one day he will come in fullness. One day we'll begin to see everything change. One day we will actually begin to see a fulfillment of what was broken in Genesis, a restoration of what was broken in Genesis. In Genesis. One day we will see that. But until that day, we have to understand that we carry his presence. So what does that mean? Like, like, what do we do with that? It has to be a question. Because it, it, Christianity, this following Jesus thing, is not about being a better version of yourself. It, it's not about, like, being better and not doing some things and doing other things. You, you understand that's what Jesus was overturning in the temple here. Here we have a picture of a temple and it was all about rules, it was all about regulations, it was all about transactions. And Jesus says, you don't understand. And he cleanses it, he drives them out, and then he points to himself and he says, listen, the temple is a person. And the temple is a person, and a person requires relationship, not transaction. And so we have to begin to realize that this whole following Jesus thing is so much bigger than anything we've ever imagined. It, what we have to realize is that we carry his presence. We carry his presence. We're the temple. And where his presence goes, heaven begins to invade. 
And everywhere you go, heaven goes. Because you're the temple. The temple of God. The dwelling, the resting place of God is you. It's me. It's all of us. And that's why when we come together, I mean, forget about it. Like there's like multiple times where, where we're all in, in the same room and, and things begin to happen. This is why things feel different when you're around other believers, because there's other people that are also carrying his presence. And how does that work? We're not quite sure, but it seems to work. And, and we get around other believers and we get around other people and and it's combustible and faith begins to rise and, and things begin to happen because here is a group of people, other stones that are coming together, they're forming the temple, the place where God dwells. And if we can understand this, then what we can do is we can move about with a godly confidence like never before. We said and we believe the world is broken, but the temple is coming and it has come. The rule and reign of God is coming, and it has come, and it's within us, and it's coming even more. Even still, the kingdom of God is here now within our midst, living inside of us. It's the rule and reign of God, and it's coming again, and it's coming in full. And so when we move out into the broken world, when we carry his presence, it's, it's for more than just conversions. It's for more than just like trying to get people saved or however it is you want to think about it. It's so much bigger and grander than that because we carry that restorative power that, that is contained in the temple, that is contained within the spirit and presence of God. We carry that now wherever we are. And I sense the Lord saying to us today, like, when will you begin to recognize who you are? It doesn't mean that you're amazing. It doesn't mean that you're special. It doesn't mean all of that. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. But what it does mean is that you are a carrier of the presence of God. And when you understand that, you face problems, you face brokenness, you face failure, you face trials, you face temptation, you face all of these things differently. Paul, Paul talks about this when he says, like, like the verse about him saying, don't you understand that you're a temple, that like God's presence is in you? Don't you get that? Because what he's saying is he, he's coming into these people who are, you know, living just insanely. I mean, sexual immorality and brokenness and, and you know, all of these sort of things are going on. And, and he's talking to them. He's like, you guys don't understand what you're doing because you wouldn't do this if you saw a temple. And you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't go to a temple in order to uh, have sex with someone who's not your spouse. You wouldn't do that. You probably wouldn't do that to have sex with your spouse either, I guess. I haven't thought that through yet. But what he's saying is, he's like, you wouldn't do that if you were going into a physical temple. But here you are as people being the temple of God. And you're joining that temple with something else. Like, there's something fundamentally broken in this. So it, it takes everything and it reshapes it into a different paradigm. A paradigm of recognizing we carry the presence and we carry the presence wherever we go we carry the rule and reign of the kingdom of god wherever we go and this is why we begin to see healing we begin to see restoration we begin to say uh, people that are set free from demons and bondage and death we get to see all of that stuff because not we're great and not that we're holy and not that we're special and not that we have enough faith and all of that sort of stuff but because we realize 
we're the temple. We carry his presence. And so when we walk into that situation, the presence of God begins to expand, begins to, to move out amongst the earth, begins to, to fill the whole earth. And it's a foreshadowing of the day that is coming. Because we see it in part. We, we see it in part. You know, I've prayed for people and, and they've literally come off of a deathbed. And that's incredible. But then they died because it's not finished yet. He hasn't returned yet. We talked about last week of this culminating wedding feast. And so as a people, we're looking for this final culmination. And I don't know about you, but today we're closer to it than we were yesterday. He's coming. Things are culminating. And, and, and he is returning soon. And he's returning for his bride. And, and he's returning for all of those things. Jesus is coming back very soon. And when he comes back, we see this culminating picture of a new idea of a temple. We see this uh, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. And, and he's looking at this new heavens and new earth and a new city of Jerusalem that's coming down. And he's, he's seeing all of these things that are happening. And he's being shown all of this. And he says this. And this is key. And this is towards the very end of this prophetic revelation that John is going to. He says this. But I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. He didn't see a temple because there was no need for a temple because God is the fulfillment and the purpose and the reason for a temple in the first place. And then it goes on to say, and no one had a tear in their eye. No one was sick. Everyone was, was whole and, and healthy and full of joy and full of peace because the Lamb of God has come. He is the fulfillment of a temple. You're a temple. And one day, we won't even be necessary for God's presence to fill and rule the earth because he's coming and he's returning because there's no need for a temple because he will be here. But until that day comes, we are the only temple that anyone has a shot at. We are the only ones who, who are facilitating the work of God on the earth. We are the temple. One day, we won't be necessary, but right now, God has chosen to work through us. Broken vessels, jars of clay, these, these you know, decaying, decrepit bodies, somehow, for some reason, he's chosen to move and work through us so that his kingdom begins to expand throughout the earth. Can you, can you do something? this week, can you begin to see yourself as a carrier of the presence of God, as a temple of God moving throughout the earth? It's what the whole New Testament was about. The whole New Testament is trying to explain to a people enraptured by a physical temple that they actually are the temple. And because you're the temple, you act differently. Because you're the temple, things happen differently. Because you're the temple, you can't do this. And, and this is how it works. And all of this sort of stuff, that's the New Testament. And, he's, and they're all explaining, listen, you're the temple now. And Jesus here has told us, because of what he did, now his spirit lives and moves within us. And so we can go and begin to see the world transformed from the temple, from God's rule and reign. This is our purpose for living right now.
on the earth in these days. You understand, you could have been born in any time, in any history, but God has chosen to put you here right now for a purpose. And I believe the purpose is to be the temple of God in this fallen, broken world and to go out and see the kingdom of God expand throughout the earth. Even now, I feel like there are people that are listening, watching this, all of that, who, who have seen uh, religion and not a savior. They, they've seen uh, a building, they've seen rites and rituals, but they haven't seen this relational component uh, that, that God is always after. He's always wanted to be with his people. And I believe the Lord is inviting you today into that kind of a relationship and that kind of a paradigm. This is what it means to follow Jesus. That, that we can, while we're here, move and work with him and for him. And so if, if you haven't understood that, if you haven't uh, felt that, if that hasn't hit home with you, I just feel like the Holy Spirit is beginning to awaken uh, that new idea and that new thought uh, to your heart right now. And it's an opportunity for you to say, Jesus, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do this. I want to understand. Holy Spirit, come and fill me all the way. Jesus, make your home in my heart. Teach me what it means to be a temple. He's going to begin to make the scriptures come alive to you. He's going to be able to, to make things that, that didn't make sense before. They're going to start to click into place because you're beginning to understand what it means to be a temple. If that's happening right now, just, just take a moment, press pause, turn this off, and, 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 and do some work with Jesus and say, Jesus, I, I don't know what it means fully, but I want you to come in to my heart. I want you to live in my heart. I want to live with you and you live with me. I, I want to abide with you and you abide with me. I, I want it to be a, a time where we can come together. I want to be filled with your spirit. I want to be a carrier of your presence. I want to see reconciliation. I want to see recon restoration. I want to see healing and wholeness in my life and in the lives of people I love. And he'll begin to do that with you. And then also you can feel free to, to go online and, and sign up for one of our um, online discipleship groups we call New Believer Classes, and, and we can keep talking and dialoguing about how this impacts everything in your life. It, it, it just changes everything. And then, for those of us that know that, maybe we've forgotten that, it's time to remember again who we are and whose we are as we face this dark world of, of uncertainty as we move into a time of complete unknown and potential chaos and all of the things uh, that, that God faced in the beginning when he was creating the earth, now it's our chance to step out and to begin to see the kingdom of God rule and reign on earth as it is in heaven. This is our mandate. This is our call. So I'm going to close with prayer, and, uh, and then we'll see you hopefully in home churches, uh, maybe in online groups or right back here uh, next week. So, uh, Jesus, we don't understand fully what it means that you make your home in us, that you live in us through faith, but we believe that you said it. We believe your word. We put our trust in your word that never fails. And so we just say, come, Lord Jesus. Would you come? Would you dwell in us? Holy Spirit, would you begin to fill us right now to the full?
to overflowing. Would you begin to move in us so that we can move among the world? Would you begin to transform our minds so that we can begin to think like a people who carry your presence instead of a people who are pitifully wandering about the earth trying to figure things out? We can be a people full of your presence. Would you change our minds? Would you rearrange our thought life? Would you, would you rearrange our priorities so that we can understand that we are carriers of your presence? We love you, Jesus. We thank you so much for the opportunity to serve you. And we say, just as the book of Revelation closes up, we say, come, Lord Jesus. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Even now, would you come? Would you come back? Would you return in fullness? We worship you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you right back here next week. For all upcoming events or more information about the Nashville Vineyard Church, please check us out at www.nashvillevineyard.org. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day.